guys and welcome back to wwe retro here on the wwe podcast on this friday april 15th as our second episode here on the rebranded edition of our show and i really think it's a good move for us here on the wwe podcast to kind of do a blend of you know rivalries kind of bring back wrestling nostalgia in a way re-review some pay-per-views as well and you know last week I reviewed Stone Cold Steve Austin stopping the Black Wedding and saving Stephanie McMahon from the Ministry of Darkness and marrying the Undertaker, and it led me to believe. It led me to look to continue watching that storyline, and one of which that I think we're going to cover here today, an event, and it's kind of like a dual event that happened on Monday Night Raw in the summer or late spring of 1999. And that is Vince McMahon revealed as the higher power and Stone Cold Steve Austin becoming the CEO of the WWF. This was a time in the WWF where I think there were so many moving parts and so many different things were happening and it was blown off in one of the most underwhelming ways in the history of the company unfortunately you had the ministry of darkness and the corporation form into the corporate ministry and that part wasn't the unfortunate part i misspoke there the unfortunate part was is that that was a very promising storyline but then the higher power was set to be revealed and when the higher power was set to be revealed that's when it all felt like this entire buildup was for naught. It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! What? It's me, Austin! It was me all along, Austin! Damn, I cannot believe it! You all bought it! You all bought it! Hook, line, and sinker! You all bought it! Even my family! Even my immediate family bought it. Listen! Every damn one of you were made fools of. You're a fool, JR! But you know, I really didn't want to have to do it. Austin made me. Stone Cold Steve Austin made me fool you. He made me because Austin. I had to teach you a lesson 
So Vince McMahon becomes the higher power or is revealed as the higher power. And it's in a way that I guess on the surface doesn't look too, too bad. But the thing is, is that it really took away, in my opinion, from the great work and development that Shane McMahon had made in his character as like a standalone heel authority figure. You had The Undertaker, who was the WWF champion at the time, who I think was arguably on his best run of his career. And I know that's a very big hot take, but on a side note, I'm not a huge Undertaker fan. I never have been. But I thought that the Ministry of Darkness gimmick for him when he was the heel and the faction that was really running roughshod over the WWF at the time was absolutely brilliant. And... This is one of the last times he would ever hold the WWF Championship. He would hold it one more time in 2002 when it was the undisputed title for, I believe, two months or so. And then after that, he would never hold the WWE Championship ever again, only the World Heavyweight Championship. But back on track here, it was a way, it was disappointing because you thought you were getting something different from what you had gotten the, the previous 12 months which was always Vince trying to screw over Stone Cold Steve Austin at all costs. You thought that Vince was on the same side as Stone Cold Steve Austin. As we reviewed last week, you had Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, saving Stephanie McMahon from The Undertaker, something that we would ultimately realize, or we would ultimately find out that Vince was behind. And you really thought that, okay, we're seeing a different side of Vince. We're seeing Shane McMahon as the ultimate heel authority figure. We're seeing The Undertaker as the main heel persona in the company. But when Vince was revealed as the higher power, it kind of cut the legs out from under that, right? And look, I have all the time in the world for a heel Vince McMahon being at the top of the card. I've always enjoyed it. I know that... I'm probably in the minority of this. It's probably because I've just been watching wrestling for so long that I grew up with it that I enjoy more so when the Vince when Vince McMahon and his family, and you could throw Triple H into that mix, are involved in the week-to-week product. I really think it's better for television. Not so much anymore because Vince is in a near geriatric stage, but you know, 23 years ago or whenever this was. I thought it was really something that was best for business, but in this particular instance, I think it was something that they could have avoided. And, you know, we had seen so much Austin versus uh, Vince McMahon to this point that maybe they could have gone about it in a different way. It didn't have to be Vince McMahon becoming the higher power and whatnot. So Vince McMahon becomes the higher power. Because she reveals himself as the mastermind behind the formation of the corporate ministry. But that's not where this would end. Because even though Vince and Shane thought they were able to do whatever they wanted in the WWF, there were two other family members that they weren't taking into consideration. Could you be so cruel to me? 
You know, uh, well, for one, Stephanie McMahon, who I believe was 22 or 23 at this time, you know, uh, her acting was none too good. <laughs> Not a great promo at this time. But as far as Linda McMahon goes, you know, obviously she wasn't the most, I guess, energetic or charismatic character in the world. Obviously, she more or less just showed up and played herself. She was the real-life CEO of the WWF slash WWE up until, I want to say, 2009, when Vince took on that title, or 2008. But there was always a feeling that when Linda would show up, business would pick up. Like, when Linda McMahon showed up, you knew that something serious was about to go down. And... One thing I'll give to Vince and the creative was that they often made Linda McMahon feel, uh, storyline perspective, of course, Linda McMahon was almost more powerful than Vince, and their titles would suggest that as well. You know, Vince was the chairman, and Linda was the CEO, and, you know, I'm none too privy to how business and corporations and all that works, the structures of those companies but I truly do believe that, or I don't truly believe it, but I, I think, I strongly think, whatever you want to say, that CEOs are higher than chairmans. And I'm probably wrong on that because I'm I'm just so non-privy to that kind of business structure. But when they would bring back Linda and bring her onto television, it often felt that she was the only one that was able to overstep on Vince. And it was also because, like, when she showed up, it often led to a very good moment or a very good program. Like, in 2001, when Vince had her, like, heavily sedated, and it led to the street fight between him and Shane at WrestleMania 17, and then the the iconic uh, image of her standing up out of the wheelchair at WrestleMania 17 and kicking uh, Vince between the legs... Or then when she got tombstone piledrivered by Shane uh, by Kane on the steel on the steel grade on at the top of the ramp, and it led to Shane McMahon's return and the iconic rivalry between him and Kane in two thousand and three, her taking the worst Stone Cold stunner in the history of the company in two thousand and six, up until Vince took it a few weeks ago at WrestleMania. I always thought that even though she wasn't 
the most energetic or charismatic character that when Linda McMahon returned, it meant that business was picking up. And this time around, it was no different. <laughs> the the visual of Shane and Vince McMahon standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder, with their jaws just completely dropped is just such a brilliant image. And, you know, again, Linda McMahon, not the most charismatic or energetic promo in the world, but when she 
announced that she stepped down as the CEO and gave you know her shares and Stephanie gave her shares to Stone Cold Steve Austin and now he was 50-50 owners with Shane and Vince it was just it was such a it was such a build because you knew it was going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin you knew the build was coming and wow what a moment where Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out with a clipboard with a tie around his neck wearing his you know his t-shirt and his jeans tucked in and it was just like such a double swerve and it kind of made up for Vince becoming the higher power because Vince becoming the higher power was an underwhelming swerve but then Stone Cold Steve Austin becoming the CEO and getting 50% of the WWF was just such a swerve that came out of nowhere that obviously of course everyone was so behind and so happy to see and when Stone Cold Steve Austin started writing down the list of things that he was willing to do, it made for an even more entertaining segment. And I think you heard what happened at the meeting today, so let's go ahead and start with that dress code thing. I can go ahead and take off this power tie because I no longer need this power tie because, Miss, you always know that old Stone Cold always has the power finger, so here's to you. He's the CEO. I apologize for all this paperwork and the clipboards. That's not usually my style, but hell, when you take a some bitch like me and you put him in a corporate setting, it takes a while to get the adjustments down just right. But as you always say, Vince, nonetheless, in any event, these corporate problems and solutions notwithstanding, you can bet your ass that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to do everything in his power to make this transition as soon as possible. This is awful, JR! I think I'm going to like this. And I'm starting to get used to this corporate crap already. Now let's get down to business. What we decided at this meeting today, Vince, is at a later time, place, and conditions to be determined by me, the CEO, I will have a title match and I will take back my WWF title. Number two, and look at me when I speak to you, you little bastard drained up at 25%. Chump change. You look at me, delegate, this is no doubt coming out and beat your damn brains here. For the immediate future, Vince, my focus is on you and your little boy Wonder there right beside you. At our next pay-per-view event, which is King of the Ring, and nobody knows more than Stone Cold Steve Austin how important that damn event is, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be in a handicap match. And it will be me in one corner, and Vince, it'll be you and that little bastard son of yours in the other corner. Finally, finally, for the record, I get to beat both of your asses at one time, and that's all I got to say about that. Well, we're going to get to that ladder match at the King of the Ring. And yeah, it would eventually become a ladder match uh, for total control of the WWF between Austin, uh, Vince, and Shane. And 
you know, I would suggest you guys go watch that match in full. It is easily one of the funniest matches you'll ever see. Such a comedic match. Like, I'll get to it in a bit, but, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin just on the top of the ramp, running roughshod, calling his shots, basically dictating who's who, what's going to happen, giving himself a WWF championship match against The Undertaker is the funny, it's just, it makes for just great television, and it was what the people wanted to see, and the one critique I would have about it was that you had, in this particular segment, the WWF champion... The Undertaker, you know, in retrospect, and not my opinion, but objectively speaking, one of the biggest stars in the company really taking a backseat here. And I think that the one critique that you could have about this era and the Austin-Vince rivalry, I don't have a critique about because I do think it's one of the best stories, if not the best story and rivalry they've ever told, Austin versus Vince. But you often kind of found yourself in a position where the undertaker the wwf champion was taking a back seat you know this segment had been going on for about 15 minutes or so and aside from a short you know speech he gave at the beginning before vince was revealed as the higher power he was kind of irrelevant in all this and you kind of saw that with the rock and stone cold steve austin leading into that year's wrestlemania wrestlemania 15 where it was Rock versus Austin, but it was kind of more so Austin versus Vince, and The Rock was kind of Vince's stand-in in the ring. Because obviously, once Vince and Austin got in the ring together, it was a non—it was a non-starter. It was a non-competition. And another thing about this is that Triple H was in the ring the whole time, and it's just crazy to think about that a guy like Triple H of that magnitude and that stature. Obviously not at that time, but in retrospect, was just kind of like an extra, for lack of better words, during this program or this segment and this program as a whole, if we're being honest. So it was just such a there was so much star power at this time that even in brilliant segments like this, there were uh, some unfortunate casualties along the way. Because you had Austin, you had Vince, you had Shane, who was doing great work as like an up and coming heel authority figure, and just all in all, just a, just such a star studded roster. And then you you even had The Rock. You had The Rock, who was nowhere to be found, but had just turned babyface a couple weeks prior, following the Backlash 1999 pay per view. He was skyrocketing up the the ranks of popularity. And then less than a year later, in 2000, you kind of had the year of The Rock. So it was just such a star-studded roster with Vince at his peak, Shane McMahon really coming into his own as a heel authority figure, Stone Cold Steve Austin obviously burning red hot, The Undertaker as a top-level heel, Triple H not even scratching the surface on what kind of potential he could have. And in late 1999 is where you really had Triple H come into his own. So it was just such a crazy time, but before we wrap this baby up, uh, let's hear the f- the the ending of Stone Cold Steve Austin's first promo and first speech as the WWF CEO. Well, let me tell you something. You're on, pal. The two of us, two McMahons, can take an Austin any day of the week. Right. You're on. Nonetheless, those 
stipulations notwithstanding, I really don't give a rat's ass what you think, Vince. Now, moving on to our next little deal. Shane, you come out here throwing your weight around, but like I said, you got your little chump change, 25%. I'm gonna let a son bitch really show you how to delegate authority since I got my 50% right here in my back pocket. What game you played last week with x pack and Kane screwing them out of the titles. You think you still got a big shot, your little suit over there? I think you look like a piece of crap. Believe this. Play games. Here's what I got for you. Tonight, Shane, tonight, Shane, you will be in a handicap match, and it will be you, your little yellow ass, in one corner, and in that other corner, you will have x pack and Kane. Oh, Lord! Sports, so I will say good luck, you little bastard. All right. As far as the rest of the card goes for the evening's festivities, hell, Vince, I know that you screwed me around, but in the process, you walked on a couple other people. So what I'm going to do with the rest of the members of the union, the three remaining members, as my notes tell me here, that would be Shamrock, Test, and Show. They get a free pass tonight. Tonight, on Raw, they can have a match with anybody in this damn building that they see fit with, and that's what I got to say to them. Anybody? Big opportunity for the union tonight. As far as uh, Mick Foley goes, and he's not here with us tonight, and on a personal note, I'd sound like to say, get well, Mick Foley, you crazy bastard. Please. Triple H. You and your little sidekick China there. You like to cripple people. Hit somebody in the knee with a sledgehammer, that's all fine and well. Because, as vicious as that was, I kind of liked it the most. Tonight, you're going to see what it feels like to be on the other end of the stick here, son. Because what you're going to do, and I think this is probably a first, is have a cast match. Now, what does that mean, Stone Cold? It means this. Since the Rock's arm is in a cast, I figure what you do, and you got two good legs there, is we're going to put your damn leg in a full cast all the way up your little hip, and you get to wrestle the rock in a leg cast tonight all the That's a first. I've never heard of that. How can you do that? And I don't care how you go, darling, if you just go limping around like this and let the rock beat the hell out of you. Maybe that's, maybe that's what's going to happen. That's pretty much the festivities for this night. Now, if anybody in that ring has a problem with the rules that old Stone Cold is laying down right now, you can find my dressing room back there, get your ass in line, knock on a door, and if I ain't busy drinking too much beer, I'll open the summer up and talk to you. And that's the bottom line for Stone Cold Simpson. So, Stone Cold Steve Austin gives out a very fan-friendly card, and it really kind of set the tone for the summer of 1999. And, you know, obviously he would only be the CEO and have 50% voting power for, what is it now, like a couple weeks as you let into King of the Ring, and would also become a ladder match for total control of the WWF, the King of the Ring match between Shane and Vince against Stone Cold Steve Austin. So... What we had here was a way, a new wrinkle and a new way for them to fast track out of the corporate ministry storyline that kind of had Shane as the top heel authority figure and The Undertaker also in that mix. 
gets Vince back as a mega heel, mega heel heat away from kind of a baby face that was garnering some level of sympathy um, and back into the heel persona that he was obviously born and bred to be as an on-screen character in the WWF. But, you know, for as underwhelming as the 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 revealing of the higher power was, it was kind of saved by Stone Cold Steve Austin becoming the CEO, a great pop, a great segment, and a really funny one that I think that led to a great match between him and Shane and Vince at King of the Ring, and obviously got him back in the ring with The Undertaker for the WWF Championship. And what's crazy to think here is that you had The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin as the top heel and babyface respectively in the company at this point. And within a couple of months, both of them would go on the shelf due to injury. Both would miss the following year's WrestleMania. And that would very much so clear the path for The Rock and Triple H. And Triple H was such an interesting character at this point in time because he basically was, like, from an in-ring perspective, the second command to The Undertaker in the corporate ministry, the second-tier heel kind of on the same playing field with The Rock. And as Stone Cold Steve Austin described in that clip, he would go against The Rock in a cast match. And, you know, The Rock and Triple H, I think, would completely take over the company in the year 2000 you know triple h as the main event level heel the rock as the main event level babyface. they would main event the first ever well not the first ever but the first televised smackdown where triple h would retain his wwf championship against the rock with Shawn michaels as the special guest referee you had them go against each other at wrestlemania 2000 which was started out as a fatal four-way match, but got narrowed down to them two, also featuring Mick Foley and the Big Show for the WWF Championship. A McMahon in every corner. They would clash at Backlash for the WWF Championship. Just like this entire angle in mid-1999 would blaze the trail for the next coming of talent, the next group of main event talent to make up for Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker who would go on the shelf and would only return at different points in the year 2000. And then after that, you know, when you had Triple H back and The Undertaker, Austin back and Taker back, and you go into WrestleMania 17 in 2001, you have Austin and Rock main event the show for the WWF Championship and Taker and Triple H as the sub-main event um, in their first ever clash at WrestleMania with the first of three matches in total. But anyway, guys, that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed this version of WWE Retro. As always, you can get me on Twitter at Adamarker25. You can get Matt on Twitter at Wrestling underscore Audio. Or as always, you can email him each and every week for the mailbag episode that drops every Wednesday and or Thursday. But anyway, guys, uh, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to Patreon.com slash WWEPodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.